Hello, and welcome to the media ministry of Living Word Church in Roberts, Illinois. Today, Pastor Douglas Lee shares truth from the Word of God that will inspire and motivate you. We pray that as you listen to this message, your ears will be open to hear and your heart to receive all that God has for you. Join us now as we journey together through God's Word. Well, we have a very special treat for you this morning. This morning, we're going to be hearing from Mr. Ben Munger. Amen. If you were here Wednesday night, you got to experience a little bit of that. It was awesome. It really, really was. It was phenomenal. I encourage you guys to come out on Wednesday nights because the power of God is moving and things are happening and we don't want you to miss out. It's not that we just want you to go to one more thing. It's what we know that when you come, you will get something from God and your life will be changed, right? It's like a parent that always tells his children, well, you know, make sure you show up to every meal. We want you to eat, you know, we want you to you know, take your vitamins and sometimes they fight you on some of this stuff, but you're like, you know, I know this is good for you, Right? That sometimes we reach out to our friends and we're like, we want you to come to church. And they're like, don't be pushy. And you're like, but I know this is good for you. I know something, God has something for you this morning. But I'm very encouraged. Mr. Ben has been youth leader for five years. Wow, happy five-year anniversary. I mean, it's not a 17th birthday like Blake today. Happy birthday. But it is five years in youth ministry, Right? And I tell you, sometimes it's not easy because it's not just, you know, getting together to talk for a little bit on Wednesday night because it means that you have to learn all of the technology, right? I now have Snapchat, although I'm not 100% sure all the different things that it does, but you got to stay in touch with all the kids. You got to, you got to reach out to them because it's something that happens day in, day out, available 24 seven. And they've really just opened up their lives to the teenagers to say, we want to be here for you. We don't just gather on Wednesday night and play games, but I want something from the throne of heaven for your kids every Wednesday night. And that's their heart when they come into church. When they show up at youth on Wednesday, it's because they want to show up with something from God for your teenagers to help you when it comes to your house, right? I know that being a parent, having teenagers, I'll take all the help I can get. I really will. I'll take it all. You want to you have something from God for my kids? Amen. Right? I want them in youth on Wednesday night because I want them hearing that, that dad's not always wrong. Because when Mr. Ben says something dad's already said, right? They come home saying, well, Mr. Ben said this. I'm like, I have said that ten times. I'm glad you're finally receiving it. Because sometimes it just needs a different voice, right? And I'm standing up on this step because when Mr. Ben comes up, I want to be the same height. Mr. Ben, I look forward to what you have this morning. Hallelujah. Sir. All right. Well, let's just take a moment and go before the Father in prayer. Father God, we're just so excited uh, to come together uh, before you today, Father, and just uh, receive from you, Father, everything you have, everything you have for us, Father. Lord, we purpose in our hearts right now to not leave a single thing on the table, Father God. Whatever it is you have for us, whatever it is you want to talk to us about, Father God, we receive it all. Lord, we will do what you ask us to do. We will change what needs to be changed. We will root out the things that are hindering us and stopping us and pulling us back from living the life you've called us to live, a life of excellence, a life of of godliness and holiness, Father God. And we just say uh, how honored we are, Father, to be before you today, to receive from you. Have your way, Lord. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning. Uh, Everybody enjoy that extra hour of sleep they got last night? I heard, uh, I heard Miss Rihanna ask the worship team earlier, uh, how many of you stayed up an hour later knowing you were going to get to sleep in an hour later this morning? Yeah, guilty as charged. Yeah, definitely did that. But all right, today we want to talk about um, 
what God's done for us, right? The goodness of God in our lives and the things that that's made available to us. You know, he has not called us to live a life that's just barely getting by. He's not called us to live a life that always struggles with this one thing. Man, I remember growing up that there was these certain sins, right, that I would just struggle with. And I got to the point in my life where I believed, you know, that's just something I'm always going to struggle with. And that's just how that's going to go. And, and, you know, like, like you use scripture verses like Paul talking about the thorn in his flesh. You know, that's just got to be what my thorn in the flesh is, that right there. No, no, God did not create us to always struggle with that one sin, right? God made it away, set it up so that we could live a perfect life in him. No, not in me, not in me. I can't live a perfect life in me. But in him, we can do all things, all things. We're going to be reading out of uh, 2 Peter 1, starting in verse 3. Let's just jump right in. Everything we could ever need for life, everything, man, I can't get over that. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. You see, when we accept his invitation, we can have it all. But only when we do it his way. Only when we come in by what he's calling us to do, right? Beginning right, right back there at the beginning of that, of that verse. Everything, everything we could ever need. Everybody say everything. everything. Say it again. Everything. Say it again. Everything. everything. Not most things, not some things on some days, but everything you could ever need has already been deposited in you. It means it's already there. What? That's awesome, right? Doesn't mean you don't have to uh, uh, come to church on Sunday morning. You do, and it's amazing and incredible, and I'm so glad to see you guys here, right? It's important, but guys, you don't have to wait for that. It's a simple, dear Heavenly Father, I need you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've already deposited in me. Help me find the way out. Help me find the way, help me uh, find the words, whatever it is you have for me. Right then and there, you can already have it. Everything, right? So what are some of these everythings? Well, it's the nature and the heart of God, right? That means that in crazy circumstances and situations, you have the ability in you now to look at it with the heart of God. Not the heart of Ben, not the heart of flesh that gets frustrated and upset, but the heart of God, the peace of God. Oh, love that the peace of God is a thing. Let me tell you what, right? So many times, mm, I'm going to jump ahead a bit and tell a story. So many times, right, uh, the world throws curveballs at us and gets us all frustrated and all upset. And if it wasn't for the peace of God. Growing up, uh, my dad and I were timber framers, which if you don't know what a timber framer is, we basically build, we build houses, but we do it at the furniture uh, quality. Like everything we do, it's all wood joinery, uh, wood pegs hold everything together, very little metal in the entire frame of the house, right? Really high scale, high end stuff. Well, one day uh, we were contracted to build a pavilion for a guy and uh, we're like, oh, it's just a little outdoor pavilion. This is going to be a piece of cake. No big deal. Well, not no big deal, but this is going to be a piece of cake by comparison to things we've done in the past. Well, this one had a little bit of a funky roof system on it. Um, one side of the roof was uh, an 812 pitch, but the back side of the roof was a 1012 pitch. And then the gable ends weren't gable ends, they were hips. 
which I don't know how many of you have played with construction before, but the geometry involved to pull that off just went through the roof. Like what, what started as no big deal now is a really big deal, right? So those, those rafters, everything has to stop at the same point all the way around, right? Everything has to meet up all nice and pretty. Everything has to be just right and perfect. Well, it was taxing the ability of my father and I to figure out the geometry needed to cut this, right? And we spent a long time, and we were pretty sure, finally got to the point, we were pretty sure we had it right. So the day comes to go out into the field, the moment of truth, right? Go out in the field and put the whole thing together, and it was not right, right? The whole things there were up. Fortunately, it's just Dad and I. There's no customer around, no anybody else, but we were not even close, and we couldn't get it. And it was great frustration, right? And man, like great frustration. Tools might have been flying across the job site, okay? And in that moment, we had a choice and a decision to make. And sadly, it took us a few moments to get to that right choice and decision to make, right? We were experiencing the frustrations of the world, right? And in this situation, we were experiencing the frustrations caused by our own hands. We had made this frustrating situation, right? We had not done the math correctly. We had put ourselves here, right? And we were facing the frustrations of the world, right? And we had to make a choice to step back, take a deep breath, and ask for the peace of God to come into the situation. And that's exactly what dad did. I remember at one point, like it was towards the end of the day and we were gonna call it a day. And he said, before we leave, we're gonna pray. And we're done for the day, we're done, that's it, we're done. Tomorrow, brand new day. Mercies are new every morning, thank you, Father. But we're gonna pray before we leave. And he did, he said, Father, we repent for our frustration, we repent for the wrong attitude here, but we thank you that your power is here, your knowledge is here, your wisdom is here to help us see the way out, to help us get this thing done. Boy, guys, the next day, problem didn't magically fix itself, but the next day, the mindset, man, the peace that when we walked on that job site, we weren't nervous. You know, you know how this is, like when you've got this big frustration, when you come back into that situation, it's like it grabs you immediately. Even if you let it go to go home that night, when you come back on, man, it just like grabs you immediately and you're frustrated right out the gate. You haven't even done anything yet, right? No, there was none of that. It was this great peace came upon us and we were able to calmly look at the problem, figure out what needed to be done and get it fixed. Customer had no clue. Looked great when we were done. Looked fantastic. Customer had no clue. But that's because we were able to step back, take a breath and have the peace of God come in. Guys, this is some of the everything he's talking about here. Everything. That means that you can live a life lacking in nothing. Now, I want to clarify here, because when I, was, when I was in youth growing up, I would hear a verse like this or a sermon like this, and I'd be like, sweet, lacking nothing, 10 million bucks, let's go. Right? And all, all kids have this thought. We've all played out this game. What would you do with a million dollars? Well, I'd buy a Ferrari and an Xbox and a big TV, right? Like, this, start listing off the things of, the, of what you would want to do, right? That's not what he's talking about. Most of us know that, but that's not what he's talking about, right? God is interested in meeting our natural needs, absolutely. But he's passionate about meeting our spiritual ones. That's what he's after. That's what he wants. That's what he's saying right here. Hey, meet the spiritual. Come to the spiritual. Everything you need spiritually to overcome the frustration of that world and have my peace, to overcome the difficult situation at school, the difficult situation at work, to be my love and light and example everywhere you go, to speak my words of life into people. Everything you need to do that in spite of yourself, hmm, thank God, in spite of yourself, is available to you and has already been given. 
but it doesn't just fall in our lap, right? It takes something. I, uh, I heard this great example uh, this week, actually. I was listening to some sermons, and, and they were talking about uh, the, the power of God and, and, and the, the truth that's in the Bible, but what you have to do to get after it, right? So um, let's say you decide to go back in time to the age of the California gold rush, okay? And you're thinking, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to strike it rich, right? Well, in order to strike it rich, if you're prospecting for gold, you can't just walk up to the river and pick up whatever happens to be laying on the ground at your feet, right? There's going to be some gold at your feet. Sure, there's going to be a few things just randomly laying about that you might happen to just come across. But that's not what you're after. That's not what you're there for, right? That's not enough to see you through. That's not enough to strike it rich. If you want to strike it rich, if you want the big one, you got to dig for it, right? you got to put the effort into it. you got to sacrifice some things. Everybody else back in town is just chilling, working there at 9 to 5 and, and sleeping in and going to bed late and having a grand old time. And you're out there at 3 o'clock in the morning till 2 o'clock in the morning, right? One hour of sleep a night and just going for it because you want something bigger. It's the same way your relationship with the Father. It's the same way with everything you could ever need, right? The Bible said, it said it right there in verse 3, it has already been deposited in you. You need to think of yourself as a gold mine. You are a gold mine, but the gold is buried down inside, and you got to go after it. You got to go digging for it. You can't just sit back and work your nine to five back in town, sleeping in and not worrying about it, expecting it to fall into your lap, right? It's not going to be there, and you're going to get frustrated. What happens to that guy who just walks along the river, picking up what he finds, right? He gets frustrated, and in no time at all, he's back out on the street because that wasn't enough to sustain him. He can't live off of that. It's barely anything at all, and he's back out on the street where he began, but not now, not like he was before. Now, he's looking around at the people who've busted their butt, and bitterness starts to rise in his heart. <sighs> Why did they strike it big? I was out there with them too. I did the same thing they did. Why, why on earth did they have all this extra blessing in their life? Why are they hearing so much clearer from the Lord? I've been a Christian as long as they have. That's not fair. What's going on here? Well, God must have favorites. God must play the favorite game, and I must not be one of his. And if I'm not one of God's favorites, what's the point, right? And now you can get yourself so out of line, so out of whack, so out of balance, Right? that you're missing out everything God has for you. Now when he comes to you and says, hey, here's the gold, here's the hint, here's the revelation of where the gold inside of you is buried, here's what you need that you're so upset at him, you completely miss it. Throw it away. Like, no, God, I, I, that's, that can't be. That can't be, right? Not realizing that the person that has seemingly the favor of God is working his butt off for him. He's getting up in the morning and he's having his relationship with the Father. That's how you dig for it. That's how you dig for it. You get up and you spend time in the Word of God. You spend time praying. Not five minutes in the car as you're running out the door because you're late, but you get up in the morning on purpose, on purpose. Talk to your kids all the time about this. If you don't do it on purpose, you won't do it at all, right? It has to be on purpose. I'm going to choose today to spend time with the Father. I'm going to choose today to dig down into that gold mine and receive what the Lord has for me. So when you accept his invitation, you can have it all. He doesn't hold anything back. This is the incredible thing about the Father, guys, is he doesn't hold anything back. He doesn't care that you've tried digging 50,000 times before and then always given up six seconds in. He doesn't care about the past. He doesn't care what we've done before. When we come back to the Father, we say, God, we're here. We're sorry. We've messed up, but we're here. We're with you. Let's go. 
yeah, let's go. Let's get digging. I've got stuff for you. I have got value of great worth buried inside of you that the world desperately needs. You desperately need, but the world desperately, desperately needs what God has placed inside of you. Desperately. When you accept his invitation, you can have it all. And he made the way, but guys, there is no other. He made the only way to get down after that gold. He made the only way that you can have everything you need. He made the only way, right? It was his divine power. It was his invitation. It was his goodness that led us to have everything we need. Picking up verse, or 2 Peter 1 verse 4, as a result of this, of his goodness, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires of this world right his goodness his invitation his magnificent promises that lead us to his divine nature but that's the only way it can't be my invitation and my goodness that leads to his magnificent promises, right? It can't be Tim's goodness that leads to God's magnificent promises, right? It has to be his. His way is the only way. Proverbs 4, verse 20. And this is uh, my oldest son, Michael, just stood on this verse recently, actually. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Right? Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What God's saying, listen to me. Listen to me. I've got the roadmap. I see the obstacles. I see things you're going to struggle with before you're struggling with them. Listen to me, and we're going to avoid them. Listen to me, and we'll jump over them, and we'll drive around them, and we'll fly over them, and you won't struggle with them. Listen to me. Do things my way. Boy, guys, this is the thing here. If you're looking at God as a disciplinarian, as a strict schoolmaster pointing his finger at you saying, don't do that, you're missing the point you're missing everything right god's not looking at you saying don't do that god's looking at you and say oh please don't do that because that, that's going to hurt a lot a lot a lot and i can help you if you just won't do it that way right right over here there's no cliff right there's a cliff there can't do anything about the fact that there's a cliff there but i can't help you not run towards it let's go this way instead right and it's not the discipline of god it's not the stern strictness of god that's trying to stop you from running towards that cliff it's the love of god it's the power of God that he's made available to each and every one of us to not jump off the cliff. Huh, I don't want to jump off the cliff. I've gone cliff jumping before, like at rivers and lakes and ponds. I've not jumped off a cliff and landed on a rock. Let's just, uh, right? If you jump off a cliff into water the wrong way, it's going to hurt a lot, right? I've been present when uh, a girl jumped off and she was trying to do a backflip and all that, and she over-rotates and, and kind of twists a little bit and lands full flat on her side. Broke a rib, right? From jumping off a cliff into water, broke a rib. Ooh, like mm, pain, lots and lots of pain, right? Just thinking about it now, you go, oh, like you can hear the, 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 the unpleasantness of that situation and the memory, and, and it's not pleasant, right? Um, that's what God's trying to help us not do, Hey, don't jump off that cliff. Don't break the rib. Don't suffer that way. It's not necessary. There's a better way. 
Give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. In order for me to incline my ear to something, I must first remove it from whatever it was listening to before. Right? I can't go sit down and start a conversation with Pastor Josh if I'm in the middle of a conversation with my son, Mike. Right? In order to go have a conversation with Pastor Josh, I have to end the conversation with my son so I can go begin a conversation with Pastor Josh. It's the only way to do it. Right? How many of you had, tried to have two conversations at the same time? Right? We all get into that situation, especially in big groups, like people come up and try to start multiple conversations, and you're like, what's going on? I, I, can't, I can't pay attention to anybody now. And I feel like I'm being rude to everybody, right? Because I, can't, I don't have any idea what anybody has said to me. Right? It's the same thing. You can't have a conversation with God. You can't incline your ear to his words if you're still burying your head in the things the world's telling you to do. If the world's still telling you, hey, you've got financial responsibilities, you better pick up a third job. You're just going to have to start missing out on Sunday mornings. Your responsibilities. Bible talks about responsibilities, so therefore it's the will of God. You better skip out of church and go pick up that third job so that you can, you know, meet your financial responsibilities. Right? You're going to miss out on the power that you need to overcome that situation you're in if you do that. If you continue to listen to the things that the world's telling you to do. Guys, and the world tells you to do stuff like that all the time. All the time. Don't rely on the Father. Don't, don't give more to church. Tithing? What are you, nuts? Do you see how things are going right now? Look at your budget. You guys just sat down and looked at your budget. There's not enough money there as is. And you didn't even think about tithing in your budget. So what happens if you put that tithe in? Oh, yeah. bankruptcy, baby. See you out on the street, right? That's what the world's going to try to tell you, right? Or here's my personal favorite. Okay, fine, you're tithing. And, and I don't know how, but you're making it by, but I wouldn't push it. Don't push it. Don't give 5% extra. No, don't you dare give 5% extra. I don't know how you're making it right now, but boy, you are on thin ice. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Yes, I know the missionary needs help, but that they'll find it someplace else, right? This is what the world is telling you to do. What God is saying is don't worry about it. Don't, don't carry that anxiety. Don't shoulder that burden yourself. Don't try to figure out how I'm going to get you through it by yourself. We talked about this on Wednesday night. Don't try to make my plan for me, God says. Just follow my plan and let my plan lead you to a more excellent way. Let my plan. Guys, this will work in everything, in your relationships with your friends, with your siblings, with your parents, with your coworkers, with everything. Just said it, Second Peter, everything you could ever need, everything, not some things, everything. Do you ever wonder when you read uh, accounts of the New Testament saints and the things that they went through, right? And then they get, like, they get pulled up in front of, uh, of the governing body at the time and, and beaten nearly to death and then thrown in jail, right? And what does the Bible say about that? What were they doing in jail? Singing and praising God. And I'm like, what? Wait, like, wait a minute, what on earth is going on here? You got beaten nearly to death, not half to death, nearly all the way to death, right? This close. And now you're in prison. Your freedom's been taken away. Your ability to do whatever you want to do has been taken away, right? You are locked up and you are hurting. What is there to sing about? What on earth are you talking about? This is how they did it. This right here is how they did it. Like, no, I don't care what the world says my situation is. I don't care what my flesh 
Because I guarantee you their flesh was crying out. Oh, yeah, are you kidding me? I guarantee you their flesh was crying out. Like, no, I don't care what my flesh says about this situation. I choose to say and believe what the word of God, what the power of God says about this situation. And he said that everything I could ever need for life and complete devotion to God is already in me. So I'm going to sing praises to the Father. And instead of looking at the negative, I'm going to say, thank you, Father, that I'm alive. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to worship you. Thank you, Father, that I've got another chance to spread the word of God and to be obedient and faithful to you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your greatness in my life. And thank you, Father, that you are going to see a way out, whatever that may look like, and I will follow it wherever it leads. That's how they do that. Think about it this way. How many of you uh, go to the gym to work out? Didn't think that one all the way through. My bad. Um, okay. So uh, I remember it was, it was last, I don't know, fall, late last fall, November. Um, I started working out at the gym for the first time really since we lived in Tennessee. Ten years. Ten years. That's a long time. For those of you who go to the gym, you understand that the level of pain and discomfort that I experienced that first few weeks was great, right? Very, very high. I remember uh, I started on a Monday because something about in my mind, I'm like, I can't start on a Wednesday. That's just, I got to wait till next Monday and then we'll start fresh, right? It's probably part of that old excuse me trying to, trying to make excuses. But so I started on a Monday and it was upper body. We we're doing arms and chest and all that. And man, I was, I was in. I was I was sold out. This is going to be a thing. And I hit it hard. I did exactly how it was supposed to go. I'm sure my form was a little off, but I hit it hard, right? And I get to work and it's like somebody had broken my arms. I mean, it's like like just lifting them up like this with nothing in them was excruciatingly painful. Like, oh my goodness. And I'm supposed to do arms again in three days. That's not going to be a thing. I can barely lift my arms with nothing in them, right? And I, I work with heavy metal all day long. I move stuff around all the time. I need my arms. Like, this is kind of a big deal, right? And, and the pain was great. But you know what? I didn't look at the gym and go, no, the cost is too high. I looked at that pain and I was like, yes. Why? Because that was proof of the steps towards the reward. That was proof of the progress that was being made to the goal, right? I didn't look at the pain and say, no, the cost is too high. I looked at the pain and said, but the reward is going to be amazing and incredible, right? It's the same thing. They're sitting in jail. They're experiencing this pain, both physical and emotional, I'm sure. And they're not looking at it and they're saying, oh my gosh, this pain is so great. The cost is too high. They're saying, nope, woo, baby, we're getting closer to the goal. We're getting stronger in the Lord. We're moving the way he wants us to go. If this is happening to us right now, it must be because we're doing the right things and we're on the right track. Guys, it's the same way in our lives. When we start to run into situations and we start to get pushback from the world, that's not a cost is too high. Can't do it. I just lost my best friend. Cost is too high, can't do it. My parents think I'm crazy. Cost is too high, can't do it. My boss says if I talk about God one more time on lunch break at work, I'm fired. No, the reward. Yes, that must mean I'm on the right track. And we're going there. We're going in the right way. One quick caveat. There's a difference between suffering for the Lord and suffering because we did something foolish. Okay? If you take your paycheck and decide to go to Vegas and spend your entire paycheck at the tables and you lose it all and then come home to the reality of bills, you can't then turn around and say, I'm suffering financially for the Lord 
and, and I, I'm, I'm going to get stronger, and this is just proof that I'm on the right. Nope, meh, wrong, right? So there's a difference there. Don't take what I'm telling you right now and say, no, that means we can go do whatever we want and suffer for God, and it'll be growth, and it'll be amazing. No, that's not how that works. We have to be prudent. We have to be wise. We have to use the gifts God's given us and make the good decisions like he's shown us and taught us to do. But when we're doing that and the pushback comes, that's when we can get really excited because we know good things are coming. It doesn't cost, it pays. This is how in James 1-2, it talks about consider it pure joy, my brethren, right? This is how they were able to do that. This is how they were able to do that. So you'd be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There it is, lacking in nothing. Everything you need, absolutely everything has been made available. And it's because of his goodness and his power. See, it's not, again, it's not my goodness that does it. I can try to be as good and as perfect as I possibly can be, and it's not going to come close to getting what I need. Not going to come close. We're going to fall flat, and it's going to leave us wanting, and it's going to leave us empty inside if we try to do it our way. But if we will yield to the way God's tried to do it, or God has set it up to be done, right? Not of our own strength or will, but his. The Bible says it's not by might or by power, but by my spirit. It's my way. Do it my way. Let's not jump off the cliff. Let me show you how we're going to do this. Let me show you. See, God wants you to claim everything. There it is again. Everything that Jesus paid for. Not just the initial gift. Let's back up to those prospectors who are hunting for gold in California. The ones that made it huge and families are still around today and thought of well or thought of as successful and wealthy are the ones who didn't stop at the first strike of gold. See, so often we go to the Father with, with genuine desire and we're going to press in and Lord, we want all of you and we need a word and we, and we want to hear what you have to say and he says one thing and we're like, that was amazing, woo! and we are out of here, right? And so it's good, I got my gold, I'm good for right now, I'll be back later, right? That, and that's the mindset, and that's what happens. Maybe we don't know what to do with it, maybe it's like I've never heard God speak to me this much before, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit, we're just gonna kind of take a little break here and then be back, right? But they never come back after that initial strike of gold, right? And it did great things for them. Man, it changed lives, it was incredible, it was powerful, word of God's powerful, right? It'll do stuff, but if we stop at that initial strike, you leave it all behind. You leave it all behind, right? So God wants you to claim everything that Jesus paid for, not just that initial gift. So you've been saved. That's incredible. And we are thrilled and so excited. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. You've walked away from a particular uh, addiction in your life with the power of God. That's amazing. Well, praise the Lord. We rejoice with you. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. You say, but it's been years since I've gone back. Doesn't matter. Mine's still there. Gold's still down there. It's still waiting for you to come in after it. Don't stop there. Keep pressing in. Keep digging. How do we dig? To our relationship with the Father. I tell the kids this all the time. Nothing, nothing, nothing is more important than your life or has the power to more dramatically change your life than your relationship with the Father. Nothing. You increase that, everything else in your life starts falling into place. You increase that, everything in your life starts falling into place. You increase that and everything in your life starts falling into place. Everything. You're struggling with anything? Father's the answer. 
to everything, every time. Right? Kids, you're struggling in school, the Father is the answer every time. We're struggling in our jobs, we can't seem to be getting passed over in promotions, or, or maybe this job is just super complicated and we just can't seem to grasp it. The Father is the answer every time. Right? He will inspire, He will lead, He will guide, He will give you ideas that make all those around you go, wow, you've got to be like the smartest person in the whole wide world, dude, that's incredible. I remember, uh, I remember a time right after... Uh, right after the boys moved in, and we were, uh, we were new parents and, and had no idea what we were doing. They would say, we still don't have any idea they're doing, and we probably don't, right? But uh, no idea what we were doing. And, uh, and I don't even remember situations, but I just remember something was going on, and, and a decision, an idea had to come. Like, we have to do something here. And I don't even remember the situation or what I said, but I remember saying something, and my wife stepping back going, that was amazing. That, that's perfect. That, that's exactly what we need. That's incredible. Where did you come up with that idea? And like my mind is completely blank. And all I can say is, yeah, it wasn't me. Like If that was amazing and it's a good idea, nope, it definitely did not come from my brain because I still have no idea what we're supposed to do outside of what I just said. That was the Father. See, that's what happens when you increase your time with the Father. When you make Him your foundation, when you make Him your anchor, when you make Him your goal and what you're going after, when you make Him the most important thing in your life, that's what happens. You come across situations that you don't know what to do, and bam, here's what you're supposed to do, right? Before you even get to situations you don't know what you're supposed to do, hey, let's do this, or hey, let's go here, or lead and guide your steps. Guys, 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 this is how he wants to do things. Mm. He did not set it up so that we could live a life just barely getting by, and he hates to see his kids settling for a life like that hates to see his kids settling for a life like that. Don't stop at the first strike. Keep digging. You see, in order to share in his fullness now, as well as his future glory, we have to incline our ear to him and escape the corruption of this world. We have to. If we choose to stay where we are, we will miss. And it's not God's fault in that situation. It's ours, right? If I'm running headlong towards a cliff, we've heard this a million times, but if I'm running headlong towards a cliff and somebody comes up to me and says, stop, you're going to die. If I choose to ignore that person and continue to run right off the edge of the cliff, it's not that person's fault. It's mine. It's mine. I was the silly person who said, no, I can fly, right? No, you're going to fall. It's going to be bad and it's going to hurt a lot, right? Don't do that. Let the gold that is inside of you, let the power of God that resides in you and that is available to you radically change your life. Radically change your life. Do you hear that? Not just a little bit. Boy, God's not a God of just a little bit. He wants to do a lot of it. He wants to radically and dramatically and passionately change your life. And it's not a scary thing. Boy, the, I, I, I remember growing up, and you'd hear, the, you'd hear that, and the flesh would rise up and go, mm, but I like this, and I like this, and I like this, so I'm going to keep that, and that one's too precious to my heart, and I can't break up with her because she's pretty, and, and I, I, can't, I can't do that. Nope, so I, I'll, I'll give you this little bit, God. You can fix my sprained left ankle how spiritual and holy am I, <laughs> right? No, no, God wants to radically change your life. And you know what? The goodness of God fixed my left ankle in that situation. But did you know he wanted so much more? He wanted to give for me then at 16 years old what took 10 years of my way and my plan and my struggle for me to get to the spot to allow him to do. 10 years 
of free fall. Ten years of whatever, I can do it, I can figure it out, I'm super smart and I got this. Well, we, most of us know at this point, no, we're not super smart and no, we don't got this, right? We need him. We need him and it's not big and scary. And when we do it his way, mm, it's good. One last scripture here. Hebrews 2, 18 says he suffered and endured every test. There it is again, every test and temptation so that he can help us how many times? Every time. Every time we pass through the ordeals of life. He endured it all. He did that so that he could help us with the way out. He did that because he loves us. He did that because he's passionate about our future. He did that because he would not allow us to stay where we were in the muck and the mire and the frustration and the disappointment and the hurt and the pain without showing us the way out and without giving us the opportunity to fly out of there. Guys, that opportunity is available to us all the time, every day, every day. And it's in that power and it's in that name of Jesus Christ that your salvation lies. And it's in him that you walk in victory every day, every moment. Mm. This past year, I wasn't going to tell this story, but I think I am. This past year has been um, a very, very stretching year for me at work. Uh, I've had a lot of new ways of doing things, new responsibilities have been split in a lot of brand new ways. And that's great. That's fantastic and amazing. But it's incredibly challenging and stretching, right? And in the stretching process, some things have been revealed in Ben's life that Ben went, right? I didn't want to see that. Like, oh, come on, God, really? Why did we have to go down that road? But how many of you know that that's also a good thing? When the Father is gracious enough to show you, hey, this is an area in your life that's stopping me from moving mightily in your life. And you didn't even know about it, but now you do. Yeah, okay, that's awesome. There have been a couple of times this year where, through situations at work, um, my frustration level has risen greatly. Greatly, right? And I had opportunities to react poorly, right? Um, And I remember I was about three-quarters of the way through reacting poorly in one of those situations, and, and God came in. Like, my guys are all around me. We're in, the, we're in the job site. Things are flying everywhere. Like, it's just, we're like, we've got a lot to do. We're way behind, and somebody's messing me up, right? And I was, like I say, about three-quarters of the way uh, into reacting poorly, and God goes, what are you doing? Right? How is this going to help you solve this problem? So said, you want to try to do this all by yourself? I'll step away and let you do it. I was like, oh, oh my goodness, no, no, I'm so sorry, right? And I had to, we had to stop everything. I had to go back to my guys and say, ooh, guys, I'm sorry. Like, I I shouldn't have been saying those things. I reacted poorly. I reacted wrong. I'm sorry. This is what we're going to do. Let's go do it, right? So it does so many things when I did that. It did so many things. Not only did the power of God and the peace of God come instantly flooding into my heart. Like, boom, okay, welcome back. Glad, it's glad to see you step back off the ledge. Now let's go do this, right? There was peace. There was knowledge. This is what we're going to do. I was able to let situations go. But my guys looked right back and go, what, what just happened? What was that all about? Like, what, what? He, was, he was not reacting poorly. He was acting like a lot of people we see all the time. And he wasn't cussing or anything. I, what is he talking about, right? And it opened up an opportunity to speak into their lives. Opened up an opportunity to minister that same power that I desperately needed in that moment into the lives of people who had no idea that that kind of power was even around, right? 
Why, though? Because even though I was being stretched and pushed in new ways that I'd never been pushed in before, I kept the Father my anchor. I kept the will of God my foundation and the direction I was going and my guide. And that allowed me to receive from the Father in that moment of almost failing, okay, failing, um, to, to receive from the Father the power I needed to roll that back and impact the kingdom in a positive way. And what started as a great frustration turned into a source of great joy. Because the conversations that spawned off of that encouraged my spirit as I was encouraging them, right? Lifted me up as I was lifting them up. As I was showing them a better way of living, a better way of conducting themselves, God was building me up and bringing me up to that higher way of doing things. Why? Because I was going after him his way. I wasn't trying to do things my plan. I was saying, all right, God, it's your way, and we're going to do this thing. Guys, this is what he's talking about when he tells you that everything you need is available to you. Everything you need to live a life completely devoted to the Father is already inside of you. So today, I'm going to have the altar team come up. If you have prayer of, or in need of anything, if you want prayer for anything, if as I've been talking, you say, yep, I've definitely missed it in these 14 areas, right? And you want somebody to just pray with you and agree with you, you want somebody to set you free or to, or to, to just come alongside you, we're going to be here today. If you've never if you've never accepted the Father as your Savior, right? If this is the first time that you've ever heard anybody talk like this and talk about this and you go, yeah, I, uh, I don't even know what this whole Christianity thing is today, we want to pray for you, right? We want to walk you through the steps necessary. We want to show you how to become a member of this incredible family, right? If you have need of anything at all, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. Uh, we love you. Let's stand to our feet and we'll go ahead and pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for your great love, Father God. For us that, <laughs> that refused to see us stay where we were, Father God, but, but made a way, an awesome and incredible way so that we could come and live with you, Father God, and walk with you in full freedom and full victory, Father. Not left where we were standing, not to, to suffer it through or figure it out on our own, but to be with you, Father God. We thank you so much for that. Now, Father, I pray that as we go from this place today, uh, Lord, you would inspire our words and direct our steps, Father God, uh, to, to, to walk in your will, Father God, and to be that light and example everywhere we go. Father, I just thank you that you're showing us areas in our life that we've grabbed onto, that we're not wanting to let go of, Father God, that we're trying to instill our plan in, that are stopping you from moving in mighty ways in our lives, Father God. I thank you that you are here not just right now, but every moment of every day to move on a mighty, mighty way in, the, in our lives, Father God. And I just pray that as we move from this place today, Lord, that you would continue to guide us and lead us, Father, as we are obedient and faithful to you, to do your will and to let things go, Father God, that you continue to fill those spots with you, Father God, that you continue to build us up, Father God, and not tear us down. I thank you, Father, that you're leading us and guiding us everywhere we go, Lord. Lord, our heart's passion and our cry and our desire is for your kingdom come and your will to be done, Father God. So we say, have have your way in our lives, Lord. Not our will, but your will be done. Now bless us. Bless these incredible men and women, Father, as we go from this place today, Father God. Fill our lives with divine opportunities and appointments, Father God, to minister and to speak your love and life into people's lives, Father God. Give us the boldness and the confidence we need to take those steps and to not let them walk right by us, Father God. We thank you and praise you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We pray that today you are challenged to move closer to God and encouraged with the depth of his love for you. 
If you would like to know more or hear additional messages, please call us at 217-395-2231. You can also write to us at Living Word Church, P.O. Box 158, Roberts, Illinois, 60962. Or visit our website at go2lwc.org. And as always, we would love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace.